Good morning, High Point family. My name is Pastor John Owens. I have the joy of serving as senior pastor at City of Lights Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we are part of this great Every Nation family worldwide. You know, my wife Kelly and I have had the absolute joy of calling Pastor Andy and Amy covenant friends for over 20 years. And if there's anything that I can tell you and assure you is God has richly blessed you with a couple that are so deeply passionate about him. They are committed to his purpose and committed to loving you as a great, great people. So lift your pastors up, love on them, pray for them. Pastors all across the globe are under so much pressure as we're trying to navigate through a pandemic and all of the tensions of of the culture and particularly in the U.S. as we're coming up uh, with elections and everything. We need your prayer. They need your prayer. And so this morning, I'm gonna bring a word to you that God's laid deeply on my heart about the power of our proclamation in our praise. And I know that Pastor Amy and Andy understand this deeply, and I want to encourage you to embrace this. Get your Bible, get a notebook, get a pen, and expect God to challenge you, strengthen you, and release you to proclaim and bring praise in the atmosphere. Love you guys. Bless you. Glad to be with you all this morning. Last week, we talked about this concept of unity, which really stems out of the way we honor each other. And honor is a very interesting thing because honor is not so much based on the other person. You see, the way that we honor one another really has a lot more to do with us seeing one another the way God sees each other, the way God sees us. So that means that every human was made in the image of God. Every human was fashioned by God, and therefore you can be diametrically opposed to me, and I can still honor you because you are fashioned by God. Now, I want to be clear, we're only sons and daughters of God. If we have repented of our sin, we've surrendered, we've confessed that Jesus is Lord, we believe that God raised him from the dead, we've received the atoning work of God, it is through that that we become family, and yet you can be my enemy or you can be diametrically opposed and I can choose to honor you. Y'all will track with me. So again, it has to do with the way we see things. And so it's, it's critical that we understand this right now because all around culture and particularly in an election year, let's not forget what year it is and I guarantee you it will come back again four years from now. In an election year, it is particularly uh, uh, timely that different segments of society will pit us against one another. And we create, we demonize one another based on your view or who you voted for or what you think. And there's going to be all these things that get stirred up. And we can, at these moments, be distracted and, and, and deceived about who our real enemy is. So now you are no longer just a vessel or someone who is made in the image of God. I can't honor you anymore because now you're my enemy. Y'all tracking with me? And so it's important that we understand how, and we see one another the way God sees us. So the scripture tells us in Ephesians 6, it says that we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Right? It reminds us that our battle is not, I'm just going to turn right there. Ephesians 6. Just go ahead and turn your Bibles with me. Ephesians chapter 6. Here we go. It says here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So it helps me understand that this person that disagrees with me is not my enemy. And yet, there's an enemy. 
Can I say that? There is an enemy. We have an adversary. Some call him Satan. Some call him Lucifer. Some call him Old Slewfoot, depending on how far south you're from. But we have an adversary who is an accuser of the brethren, and he is set out to still kill and destroy you. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates your destiny. He hates the fact that you're breathing. He hates your innocence. He hates your babies. He hates your babies that haven't even been born yet. That's why abortion is such a great issue. He hates every single person, and he is set out to extend his authority on every person that he can. And yet, he doesn't have all authority. He doesn't have all authority. And in fact, we have not been rendered powerless. In Christ, we have authority. In Christ, we are not only covered and protected, but we actually have offensive artillery that we can use against the enemy. And so I emphasize this because if we, if we, it's important that we see and recognize things appropriately, that we see that you're not my enemy, but I do see there is an enemy, then it helps me be aware that there is a battle to fight and that I have to understand what my weapon is. And so this, this morning's message, I want to frame this way. I'm going to call this message more than a song, more than a song. Would you turn with me to Psalm 22? Psalm 22, I'm going to read verse 1 through 3. This is where I'm going to lean here uh, this morning. It says this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet, I want you to hear that word, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. I want to say that one more time. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, God, that you have all authority that you have all power. Lord, that you are not shaking and quaking in your boots in the midst of hardship, in the midst of the brokenness of the world that we are in. You have an answer and you have sent us help and you have given us, those who have been called sons and daughters of the living God, those who have been redeemed, those who are not perfect but are being perfected in you. Lord, you have given us, you have equipped us with tools and weapons by which we can walk in victory and extend the authority of the kingdom. Lord, would you help us to see it this morning? Would you help us to embrace it? And would you help us to utilize these gifts that you've given us? In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, when I think, I love music. Many of y'all, you know, I'm a music guy. I, I was a worship pastor, worship arts pastor for a long time, for many, many years before we planted City of Lights. And even before that, I've just, I've grown up around music. My folks, if you don't know, my folks, they met each other, engaged with each other uh, as a part of a gospel choir at ISU, the Ebony Majestics. And music was always filling our home. I remember listening to all kinds of music, not just Christian music, but we listened to second chapter of Acts and we listened to Keith Green, but we also listened to Al Green. 
And we also listen to Minnie Ripperton and, 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 and Stevie Wonder. I love Stevie. And, and, then, and then as you get older, right, there's, there's all kinds of different songs that stick out to you. I'll never forget, you know, one of the things that I remember is I remember all the music when I was in high school. Now, I'm not gonna, I don't want to tell on myself a little bit, but I remember riding on the school bus heading to Lawrence Central and listening to Return of the Mac, and it would be all these old jams or, or hearing, you know, Timbaland songs and Aaliyah songs. And of course, there was a Montel Jordan show. This is how we do it, you know. And it was like, it's a song. And as soon as you sing it, people know this is how, and you get that jam, right? Why? Because it's not a song. It's more than a song, right? It reminds you of a time. It reminds you of a place where you were in a season of life that you were. Songs like that, it reminds me of fun times and celebrations and proms and hanging out with friends at the, at the ball game. It, it, it evokes something that's more than that. Even songs like our national anthem, you know, it's more than a song. It has, it has a connection. It has a connection to, to identity. It has a connection to our nation. You know, I know right now there's all kinds of different feels about that. I'll tell you one of the songs I love is I love the black national anthem. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. There's something about these songs that they're a song, but they're more than a song. I think of songs like uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Those great hymns, you know, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. And he says, all I have needed thy hand has what? It has provided. And it's a song, but it's more than a song. It's more than a song. You know, I think of a song as a song called Hope's Anthem. And it came out right around the time where I needed it most. And, and if, if you don't know me, you know, about nine years ago, our daughter, my wife and I, we had a little girl by the name of Aria Joy, and she passed away in her sleep. And I remember that as I was sitting on the porch in the rain processing, we had just gotten home from the hospital, and this song just began to rise up in me. My hope is in you, God. I am steadfast. I will not be moved. I'm anchored, never shaken, all my hope is in you. And it was a song, but it was more than a song. It was more than a song. It reminded me of something that was much greater and had life beyond that moment. And so it's important that we understand that praise and worship it might come in the form of a song at times, but it's more than a song. You see, I said that we had an enemy. And I mentioned that we've been given weapons to fight this enemy. Now, when you continue reading in Ephesians 6, it goes on to explain the full armor of God. And when you look at the armor of God, the one weapon, the one piece of this armor that is offensive is the, sword of the, is the sword of the Spirit. We see that this, there's an offensive weapon that we've been given. We see that God has given us another. When we think of the sword, it is not just the sword of the Spirit, but there is the sword, which is the Word of God, which it says cuts deeper than any two-edged sword. And so we have to remember that our weapon is the Word. 
Our weapon is the word of truth. Our weapon is what God says. Do you understand? I don't have authority in and of myself. The only authority I have is the authority that's been given through God. And he's given us authority through his word. Do y'all hear me this morning? And so the way in which we utilize this weapon, I love it the way uh, Terry Law, he wrote the book, Power of Praise and Worship. It's one of my all-time favorite books. I'd encourage you to get it. He talks about the way that we release the weapon of the word of God into the heavenlies. The way that we come against the prince of powers of the darkness and heavenly realms is by sending up the word of truth as a spiritual warhead by the rockets of prayer and praise. Psalm 22 says he is enthroned on the praises of his people. So I want to talk about this for a second. First of all, I want to help give you have this framework of praise and worship. A lot of times we don't perceive them properly because we are typically cultured, especially in the modern, modern church culture, that we think worship songs are the slow songs, praise songs are the fast songs, right? So if it's the praise songs, the upbeat jam, usually, unfortunately, a lot of people, they'll try to like come in like five minutes, ten minutes late so they can avoid the praise song. You think I couldn't see you? You think I couldn't see you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other you. But a lot of people, they, they you know, and, and, and I understand it. You know, especially if you're building multi-ethnically, that's usually where we get awkward because people don't know how to dance. You know, it's like the more, the more, or I'll say the less melanated crowds, you know, it's like we just want to, it's like, nah, nah, nah. you know, we, we get an upward motion, you know, maybe it's a little head banging, you know, you know, and, and a, a little more melanated crowd, there might be a, a little bit more to it. A little bit more of a shuffle. But, but generally, everybody loves the ballad. So, so the worship songs, we think the worship is when we play the slow jam. However, from an actual biblical standpoint, that is not the case. First of all, we need to understand that worship is not just about music. And in fact, music is just one aspect of our worship. That worship is really an internal posture of our heart. It is an internal reality or posture towards an object of our affection. So what that means is everyone is a worshiper at all times. You're always worshiping. You can't not worship. Harold Best, he wrote a book called Unceasing Worshiper. He says we were created worshiping. We can't stop worshiping. We were fashioned to be one in submission of someone, that being God, but we were, we were fashioned to not only take in and behold, but to send forth praise. And so worship, not just the music, but worship is an internal posture of our hearts of submission. Y'all hear me? Worship is a posture of submission. Now, there are expressions of this, but it really is about an internal posture. What does that mean? That means that particularly when we talk about, you know, um, singing in church and singing in the midst of COVID and, and this, that, and the other, and people can have all kinds of debate, and we're going to talk about some expressions of praise here in a moment, but whether you sing or not has nothing to do with your worship, okay? Your worship, again, it is an internal posture of submission. And so you can be, you know, in that spirit, that means the worship of the mute is no less fragrant than that of the mass choir. That means it doesn't matter whether you can have a voice or not. It doesn't matter whether you can always express it. 
You can even be in the deepest, darkest prison and still have a posture of worship. You can still have a posture of surrender to the Lord. However, praise is different. Praise is different. Because praise is an external expression of an internal reality or revelation. You can't have an internal praise. You actually have to express it. When we see the words, the different Hebrew words for praise in Scripture, it always is attached to an expression. Whether it's dancing, clapping, singing, shouting, extending the hand, waving the hand, spinning around, playing an instrument skillfully, it is always an expression. Right, So the way, that, the, the way that we see it is you take something in, you consume something, it does something on the inside of you, and you have to respond. Now, I know we're not strangers to this. We do it with movies. We do it with food all the time, right? You go to a restaurant, oh, it's, if it's good, right, if it's good, you're going to go on Yelp, you're going to give us some stars, you're going to put a little picture on there, make sure the lighting's right, mm-hmm. And then you're posting it. That's your expression. That's you telling everyone this is the best donut spot in the state of Indiana, in the city of Indianapolis. You know I'm talking about Long's. You know I'm talking about Long's. I know hate for Tim's. And God bless Rise and Roll. If y'all want to give us some, we'll receive it. Uh, but all I say is you, you eat it. You t- partake of it. It does something to you. You got to let people know. You express it. You praise it. You see a movie. You enjoy it. It does something to you. You want to let people know. You go and you express it. In the same way, praise, it is an external expression of an internal reality. But here's the deal. Praise is more than just an expression, especially when we're talking about praising God. When I think about the current backdrop that we have. We're coming fresh off of one of the most intense waves of protest that our nation has seen in many years. For many people, it's the greatest expressions and the greatest kind of wave of protest that they've experienced in their lifetime. And when I think about protest, really when you think about what a protest is, a protest is when you are expressing opposition, when you are expressing dissonance, when you are coming against an oppressive power, when you are standing against the advancement or the authority of an opposing power. Are you all with me? And so it's important that with that backdrop that we understand that what we do when we praise God, what we do when we arm our song, when we arm our confession, when we arm our expression with the word of God, that the very nature of it is coming against the powers of darkness. Do you understand that we live in a broken world? We live in a fallen world. In the garden, Adam and Eve abdicated their authority. They handed over the authority that was given to them by God to the enemy. And the reason that we have rape and pillaging and malice and wars and every amount of brokenness, the reason that we have abortion, the reason that we have child trafficking, the reason that we have affairs, the reason that we have brokenness, the reason that we have deformities and and, and every malady that you can imagine, every sickness, every disease, COVID-19 is because we live in a world that is filled with darkness. And it is an authority the enemy does not want to give up. He doesn't want to relent that. And yet, when we praise, 
the scripture says he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Do you understand that at the time of Jesus, particularly after his resurrection and as those who were followers of Jesus would go and profess that Jesus is Lord, that very statement was more profane than the statement Black Lives Matter ever will be. Making a statement that Jesus is Lord came against the very Roman Empire that they were in the midst of. It came against every power and authority. Making a statement, it was not just a declaration of praise, it was a protest. We have to understand that our praise is not a little petty thing. Our praise is not just a beautiful, pretty moment. It's not just a feel-good thing. It is actually a powerful and effective weapon and protest against the powers of darkness. And so for the believer, praise is not an option. Would you dare try to go to a battle without a weapon? However, here's the thing, and this is, what, this is what kills me, is that, you know, one of the things that I've seen posted a lot when people look at different videos of the protests, and, and I want to be clear, I don't condone the, the rioting, the destruction of property, the, the abuse and the violence that have been taking place, but, but we can be distracted by that and miss that there's actually been some very legitimate, peaceful protests that have taken place. And I want you to understand that one of the things I notice is a lot of times when there's a good, when there's a strong protest, it makes people uncomfortable and they want you to be, they want to monitor or regulate your protest. Can you protest over there? Can you protest a little softer? Can it, it, there's a, tries to be a regulation on the way that we do it. And, and the enemy does it the same way with our worship. He wants to sequester. He wants to oppress. He wants to change and mute and make our protest and our declaration of praise Ill, Ill effective. You know, I think about it this way, and the thing is, it's just so sad, is we can become, as a church and as a people, we can be so over-infatuated, and I think at times we've made an idol of the acceptance of the culture. We've made an idol of the exception of, of everybody. We want everybody to, we don't want anybody to be offended. We don't want anybody to be, their feathers to be ruffled. We don't want anybody to cancel us. And so we exchange the dominion mandate for domestication. And we allow our praise. You know what? The enemy doesn't have to shut us up. We shut ourselves up. You get Christian bloggers that'll, that'll shame the church for standing on the word of God. You get all kinds of people who the church will shut itself up. And we've got to understand that what we're doing, you know, it's telling people, and, and I want y'all to hear me when I say this. If you notice, if you're watching this recording, you notice that we were worshiping with masks on. I'm not telling us not to be wise. We're navigating in a very unusual space. There's not a pastor that is living right now in the United States who have had to pastor and navigate through uh, planning worship services in the midst of a pandemic. And you see us wearing masks because we want to be wise. And yet, we're not going to not praise. You're never going to tell me to do something that the Lord tells me I'm supposed to do. And that is a very tool to come against the spirit of infirmity and sickness that's standing against our nation. So we can't just think, oh, but it's just a song. I don't need to sing. I don't need to, I don't need to release that. What are, what are you talking about? 
We are in the middle of a fight. We are in the middle of a battle. We are in the middle of a protest, and the enemy does not get to regulate the way that we operate. So we want to use wisdom, yes, but we've got to be tactical right now. How do we do this? Now, now, there's just one way to do it. I'm not just telling again. I'm not saying let's just throw caution to the wind. Everybody take your mask off. Let's go get up in each other's faces and have a little sing-off and, you know, ah, let's just spread all the stuff. We got to be wise. And I would also challenge you that we don't, we sh- you should be praising not just in corporate settings. You should be praising at home. And so I, I want to just kind of hit a couple of things in that. You know, when can we praise? How must we praise? Well, first of all, you should praise at home. You should praise at home. Now, one thing that we're going to do, and you're going to see this in the comment section below. You're also going to see it in the, in, in the description. We're going to have a link to a song list that you can see some of our Every Nation family songs. Because I want you to be equipped with weapons to declare the praises of God. But you don't just wait to Sunday to sing them. You don't just wait till the worship service to sing them. You go ahead and have a worship service in your kitchen. Go ahead and worship when you wake up. Worship in your walk-in closet. Worship in your car. You don't need to know the stats. ESPN doesn't have anything worth listening to right now. Just turn on worship and begin to praise and, and speak the authority of God, the reality of God over the circumstance. You are the head and not the tail. You are not just sickly. You are not oppressed. You are above and not beneath. By his stripes, you are healed. You are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. You want to declare the truth of God over your circumstances. Extend that authority. We want to worship and praise in good times. It's a good thing to celebrate. Can I tell you, when we stop celebrating and praising God for what he's done, we think he hadn't done anything? And then just the enemy just consumes us by all the things we don't have, all the things we don't have, and and he gets us to just focus on the temporal when we are walking in eternal life and freedom. We want to praise him, not just in the good times, but the bad times. And there's, there's a danger in that. Can I tell you that one of the most powerful, one of the most, one of the most terrifying praises that you can release to the enemy, against the enemy, is when you praise in adversity. When you praise when your body aches. When you praise and you can't see the end of the anguish and yet you know that Jesus is the victor and you will get through it. And, and when, you're, when you feel the pangs of despair and grief and hurt and yet you choose to recognize you are still Lord. You are still with me. You are still the victory. That is one of the most powerful praises that we can offer. You know, one of the things that I'm reminded of when I read Psalm 22, verse 1 through 3. If you didn't think about this when I first read it, it starts, verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, most people, the context that they've heard that is when Jesus was hanging on the cross, right? And I bet that many of you, when you heard this, when you when you have seen the passion of the Christ or when you've seen the passion play or when you've seen this this play out where Jesus is hanging on the cross and saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can typically think that this is a moment of rejection or just a moment of despair. Can I contend with you? Jesus was singing a song. Do you ever have a moment where just a a line of the song comes to you? 
Here it was that he was actually quoting Psalm 22. With arms spread wide, with the last breaths that he could pull up, he begins to sing the song. Now you can be discouraged if you don't know the whole song. You see, you know the next part. In verse 3 it says, but you. I want to say, yet, yet you are holy. Enthroned on the praises of Israel. Can I contend he was singing more than a song? He was offering a praise with arms wide open to the Father. Knowing that I'm in the midst of it right now, Daddy. But I know that this isn't just a praise. This is a protest. This is a protest and a proclamation to every foundation of darkness and brokenness that you have lost. That you have lost. That sin and death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? That he was lifting up a song, a praise, a protest against the kingdom of darkness that we feel today. I would dare say it was the greatest protest that's ever been known. It's the greatest expression and declaration of a song that has ever been recited. When we mimic the Father, when we mimic the Son, when we choose in the midst of COVID-19, when you choose in the midst of losing your job or being on a furlough, when you choose in the midst of going crazy because your kids are at home and all the school systems are going crazy and, and you don't know when to wear a mask, how to wear a mask, which mask to get, and all the things that are happening in between, the, the, the money that you thought was going to come through didn't come through, the car that you needed to not break down broke down, and everything seems to go crazy if we can remind ourselves that we actually have more than a song, we have a weapon of power and authority in our praise. Y'all, we're in the midst of a situation in the season of our nation, our country, and our world where the people of God cannot be silent. We need to release this weapon. We got to recognize what it is and protest the kingdom of darkness come hell or high water would you bow your heads and let me pray jesus i am so grateful that you did not allow the kingdom of darkness to tame you i am so thankful that you in spite of the opposition continued to walk in submission to the Father. That you modeled what it looked like to walk in a posture of worship, to walk in a posture of submission, to, to say, not my will, but thy will be done. But you didn't stop there, God. You also modeled what it looked like to express that surrender, to express it even when it hurt, to express it even when it cost your very life. Lord, would you help us in this hour to learn how to walk in submission to you, God? Lord, would you help us in this hour to learn what does it look like to posture our hearts in such a way that is so surrendered to you, Lord, that no matter what the external opposition, Lord God, that our position before you does not change and our expression is not muted. 
Lord, I pray that in this season, the way that we love, the way that we forgive, the way that we care for others would be an expression of praise. Lord, the way that we sing, yes, but, but the way that we live our lives as a whole would be an expression and, and would extend your authority in every circumstance. Lord, I pray, Lord, I, I pray specifically for our corporate gatherings, Lord. Yes, for praise at home, but Lord, I specifically pray for those moments as churches find creative ways, whether it be in small groups or large groups, inside, outside, to gather together to declare your truth, to declare your word, to declare, Lord, that, that you're, you are the God of the promise, that every word will be accomplished, Lord, that the gates of hell will not prevail, Lord, that as we come together and we declare that great is your faithfulness, Lord, that we come in together and we declare of your blood and, and the cross and the resurrection and the power that we have in you, Lord, that we would not be shy about it, that we wouldn't be bashful about it. Lord, even if we got to put a mask on, Lord God, that we get over the mask and, and get over that being there and release praise in the atmosphere. Lord, help us, Jesus, to walk in this. Help us to walk in your power and authority. In Jesus' name. Amen.